It's not an easy slot. You guys all want to go eat. You want to go pack. You want to go do your thing. But I'm excited to get to um, share with you just for a couple of moments. And I won't be too long, and we're going to end with communion. Um, and so, yeah, really, it's just a, a brief charge or encouragement for us as we're on our way out. Um, so, yeah, brutal season. Everybody's had it. It's been hard. Um, and, and now for a lot of us, there's kind of a back-in-the-saddle sort of nest to what we're doing. There's, you know, no matter kind of where you're at on the spectrum of being allowed to gather together or whatever the case may be, you know, a, a lot of things are sort of coming back online. Um, and if you're like me, you're like, yay, on one hand, and I'm really tired on the other hand. And it would be epic if we have like a two-month sabbatical and then sort of like relaunch everything would be nice to have. But like, um, it just doesn't look like it's in the cards. And I mean, maybe, you know, you're like me, just kind of in the back of your head, like, and we prayed into some of this um, earlier, but just, gosh, man, is it ever going to end? You know, that sort of feeling, Um, because it just feels like it's another thing, then it's another thing, then it's another thing. And um, we, like you, have been through so much um, over this last little bit since we saw each other last. Um, And it's it's not been easy, um, but Jesus has been faithful. And, um, and I, I hope you've been encouraged uh, together these last two days. I, I know I have. Um, a lot of incredible wisdom has been shared, just great times of prayer, hearing stories, singing together. I mean, those are things that just, I mean, they keep you, they sustain you. They, they, um, they you know, and, and kind of in this season that we're in, they mean more than they ever have meant, you know. Um, we, we can't take them for granted uh, like, we, like we used to. So I just wanted to share a little bit for us as we end about kind of how to keep moving forward. Um, really the kind of theme is to how to not grow weary um, in doing good, how to keep um, engaging in business until he returns. Um, in Luke 18, Jesus starts to tell a, a, a series of, of parables um, and, and, and he gives us the um, motivation behind this, what, what prompted him to say these things. In, in chapter 18, verse one of Luke, he says he told them this, he starts this series of parables, he says, uh, designed to help them um, to pray always and not to lose heart. Um, and so now there's this like, there's this, you know, motif coming, this intentionality of subject matter coming with the designed, desired effect that his disciples would pray always, keep looking to him, keep trusting God and not lose heart. Um, and so I've been really impacted by those that little sort of passage in Luke. Um, and I want to just read a few verses from one of those parables in Luke 19. It's the last parable he, he tells before he arrives uh, in Jerusalem, this journey he's been on uh, towards Jerusalem. And um, I really think it's a word not just for them, but, but for us, not just for all times, but really for this moment that we're in. So I'm just going to start by reading it. Uh, you guys will be familiar with this, this parable. We're only going to read the, the first few verses. Luke 19, chapter 11 through, uh, sorry, verses 11 through 13. It says, as they uh, heard these things, Jesus proceeded to tell them a parable. Because he was near to Jerusalem and because they supposed that the kingdom of God was to appear immediately. So he sees these two things in play. Jerusalem's right there and these guys are in this sort of state of mind. So he tells them a parable. He said, therefore, a nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and then return. Calling ten of his servants, he gave them ten minas and said to them, engage in business until I come. Okay, that's where we're stopping. I know you're like, gosh, you're so, what about the one and the five and the 10 and this guy and that guy and all those things, right? There's, there's a lot there, but um, you know, you guys are familiar with this, this notion that because we, you know, a lot of us have spent so much time in these texts, um, it's very easy for us to kind of rush past things, 
you know, to, because to get to what we think is the real thing, you know, and, and sometimes in that we miss a lot of kindness, um, a lot of truth. And I think there's a lot of kindness just in these first few um, verses that um, God can extend to us this morning. I, I've really been encouraged by these few verses. So the first thing, they're really straightforward. The first thing is that um, Jesus knows the journey is extremely hard. Jesus knows. The purpose of the series of parables here is, is to inform them, to help them. To, 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 Jesus is nearing Jerusalem. He's, he's nearing the cross. He knows what's about to go down. He knows the, the depth of the betrayal of a kiss by a friend, the, the sham arrest and trial and false witnesses, the crowd choosing an insurrectionist over him, the friends scattering even Peter denying him over him. Jesus knows how difficult the journey is. He, he, he knew that hard things were about to, to happen, and yet he continued on. Um, he knew something his disciples didn't seem to grasp, that, that this was going to be really hard. This was going to be really brutal. He knew it then, in that particular moment, in that particular part of the journey, and he knows it now. And he knew it a year and three or four months ago. He, he knew all that. He knew how hard it was going to get. And and none of us did. I mean, we, we'd all, probably like you, we'd all just spent, you know, a lot of time planning and dreaming about this epic 2020 we're going to have. And we set budgets aside. And, you know, we were in the middle of three different building projects. Um, we, we were like, we, we were totally clueless. We had to go back to banks and go back to people giving money. And it was like, it was, it was crazy. Um, the Sunday before COVID really hit, I was at Dave and, and Beth's church. In Indiana, we did a whole like three-day workshop on how to like reach your whole town for Jesus. It was, they were like foaming at the mouth to go and see everyone get saved. And then they couldn't meet for five months. I mean, it was like, it was, it was so surprising. And yet it didn't surprise Jesus. Um, I've been surprised a lot along the journey. Um, I, got, I got told, uh, Brian mentioned some, something someone said to him on Facebook. I, I had a guy in our church on Facebook say that I was, he's in our church. He said on Facebook that I was part of a liberal conspiracy to destroy America. This was news to me. I, I, I mean, I had not spent any time with AOC or any, I don't know, like, I don't know where this happened, but apparently I was swept up in this conspiracy to destroy America. And man, it's been a lot of surprises, a lot of close friends, who aren't close right now. A lot of people who did really hurtful, disappointing things. A lot of surprises. I keep getting surprised. But Jesus knew. And I know that sounds really straightforward, but there is such a kindness just in knowing that he knows. It's just such a kindness in that. It's like when we sing, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. You know, when we think about, you know, James, and we, we, you know, if he hears us, I mean, like, he hears, he lives, he knows. And there's just such a kindness for us in knowing that and remembering that, that Jesus knows how hard the journey is going to be. Second little point, his disciples, um, we're just prone to assuming that it's going to be easy. We think it's hard for them. It's hard over there. It's hard back then. But, like, we just... It's like we struggle to really get our, our hearts and our minds around the fact that, man, this is just going to be hard. And sometimes it's going to be harder than other times. They, they, these guys thought they were going to Jerusalem. And they're like skipping and like, this is the best. He's going to take down all of our enemies and our best life now. And they had no idea 
how bad things were going to get. Even though Jesus had been saying it and saying it and saying it, they still, like in their mind, they had this very positive view on how things were going to go. And I was really caught off guard by how hard things got and how fast they got that hard. I mean, I just, man, just felt like it came out of nowhere. And one thing I hope we learn, because I, I do hope things get better. It feels like things are getting better. And all, I want, I want to, I'm not like down in the dumps, Eeyore. But, man, I am hoping that we learn something through this. Like that we get a collective sort of like, we maybe this is a, a moment where as we sort of emerge out of it, that we, um, we've lived through something that causes us to remember, hey, sometimes it's going to be hard. Because I think for a lot of us, maybe for a lot of us, it had been mild in comparison, maybe even easy. Um, I remember reading that Tom Brokaw book, The Greatest Generation, years and years ago, and just something about that generation that lived through the Great Depression. Many of them went on to fight in World War II, and I mean, just hell, just hell what these people lived through. And yet it was catalytic for them. It, 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 changed, it changed them forever, you know, and um, these kinds of seasons, they do change us. There's no way to come out of it the same, but I'm worried it's changing us in really un, unhelpful ways. It's, I think it's making us more hateful and more divided, you know, and um, we've got to watch for this. It will change us. But we've got to watch how it changes us. And I mean, you guys know, and you see in your churches, I'm sure like in mine, you know, you want to tell people, hey, you know, trolling people on Facebook is not a fruit of the spirit. Like, you know that, right? Like, that's not so it, this is going to change us, but my prayer for us is that it changes us in a really deep and, and profound, godly way. It causes us to, to sit in this reality. Man, sometimes things can just be really hard and really sad, and even then Jesus is really good and really faithful. Maybe some of us thought we knew that, but like, hopefully we've like really learned that. I was thinking last night listening to Tom and, and Una's stories and then Sean and Becky's you know, just epic contribution at the end. I was just thinking... We're living through something that, man, hopefully we're gaining some muscles through this. Ho- hopefully the muscles we're building through this are muscles of God is faithful. I mean, I, I think it's, it's going to be on us now to, to look to a generation, you know, behind us and say, hey, we, we led churches through 2020. Like we, we, like, we lived through that. And let me tell you, if Jesus can be faithful then, he can be faithful. It's like we've lived through something together. But like, man, I, I hope it's like solidifies something deep in us. So Jesus knows it's hard. We often think it's easy. And he tells these parables why. And it's because Jesus, he wants us to make it all the way to the end. He wants us to make it all the way to the end. He says, um, he says, engage in business until I return. That's the point why we have these parables to, to help us. It, it gets at these charges we see um, in, in, in the New Testament, you know, in Galatians and Thessalonians and elsewhere where it says, do not grow weary in doing good. Jesus wants us to make it. I, I've been really struck that, that do not grow weary thing. I've been like re- just revisiting that a lot through this last year and a half and just thinking like, okay, man, there's two things out of that. One, it is possible to grow weary. And I didn't, I don't know that I'd really thought about that before this last season, but now I know it is very possible to grow weary in doing good. But then I read these texts and I go, well, it's also possible not to grow weary. Because, like, we wouldn't be told to not grow weary if it was not possible to, you know, not to, to, to actually make it, you know, without growing weary. And so um, I want to give you a few thoughts just how to, 
um, how to not grow weary in doing good, how to, how to make it all the way to the end. Um, just things I've been, I've been thinking about for myself, and I hope they would be an encouragement to you. Uh, the first thing seems pretty obvious, but just set a goal of making it to the end. Set a goal of making it to the end of the race, not just making it to the end of COVID, not just making it to the end of what it, but like set a goal of making it to the end of the race. I mean, that's why we're so helped by, you know, stories of people who've run just a little bit further. I love Becky's clarification. We're still running, by the way. Don't think we're not running still. But that is so helpful for us to hear that like, hey, I've probably told you guys this before. A buddy of mine, Josh Curry, um, wrote me a card years ago, and he just said at the end of it, like, I can't wait to grow old, sitting on rocking chairs, watching our grandkids play, you know, while we're still making much of Jesus. And it was just like I sobbed because ne- I'd never thought about that. I just thought I'm probably going to be a statistic. So fingers crossed I'll make it a little while before I quit or whatever. Set a goal of making it to the end. 2 Timothy 4, 7, Paul says, I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I've kept the faith. So I think one thing you and I can do to not grow weary is to just make our goal to make it all the way to the end. Um, just a, a few more quick ones. Stay, stay current in your relationship with the Lord. Stay, stay in shape spiritually. It's easy to be so consumed with all the decisions and all the people and all the social media and all the mess that like we neglect our relationship with Jesus. One of our uh, tips through the years doing premarital with couples is to keep dating each other through that engagement process. Because what we, you find is that a lot of times couples are engaged for six months or God forbid a year. I don't know how you do that. Well, I mean, I know how you do that, but I don't know how you do that without doing other things. But um, you find that like a lot of times these couples, they get to that wedding day and they've just become event planners. They haven't had a relationship with each other in a long time. And, and then you wonder why the first year is hell. Well, because two event planners just got married. <laughs> like They forgot to keep dating each other. And man, this, this season for us can easily be like that, where we are so consumed with all the work that must be done that we, we neglect a relationship with this Jesus that it's all about in the first place. Fight for that. Um, keep short accounts with each other. Tom's always pushing on that for me, and it's been so good. You know, these seasons are the seasons where you bring out the worst, work, bring out the worst in yourselves and in each other, and it's a fight to keep short accounts. Um, kind of with that is stay connected to community. Don't turn the people around you into just coworkers. You know, there is a co-laboring that we do, but as Brian said yesterday, we're also, there's like, this church is family. You know, Romans 16 is extremely intimate. It's, they're like kinsmen and sisters and brothers, and she's like a mom, and kiss them and hug them. And, you know, what, what, there, there's that, that richness of relationship that, man, we really need. And, and so, again, I think this is the kind of season where you and your, your elders or you and your staff members or you and your deacons or leaders or whatever you've got could turn, you could turn this into just like your coworkers. You're consumed with like the work you do and the work that needs to be done, the work that we got to figure out how to do. It's like we, we have a thing on our eldership team um, and the guys have given me a hard time about it um, for years. But, you know, I'm, I'm like I'm playing the I'm not the dad of, of the team, but like there's a dad role I play. And part of my dad role is just mandatory fun. Like I just insist that we have fun together. I insist that we do things relationally together. And, and that stuff, man, guys, we just we just need to remember that at the end of the day, we're like we're meant to be friends. 
We need each other. We need friendship. Um, I'm not trying to embarrass Tom, but, you know, as, as heroic as he is, one of the most heroic things is how often he admits his own weaknesses and how often he, he says, hey, guys, I need prayer. Like, I don't know how I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it another step if Jesus doesn't show up. And that stuff is a couple weeks ago, he just, at an elder's prayer thing, just laid it all out there. And guys just rushed around him. And that, that's, that's what we, we need each other for. Um, a buddy of mine and a few of us here, this guy, Elliot Greenham, he, he's got this little quote where he says that um, a lot of times the gospel is sweeter on a brother's lips than it even is in my own heart. And it's just that, like, you and I can know in our heads and know in our hearts. I know the Bible. I know the verses. I know the theology. I read it all. I've seen it all. I know it all. But, like, actually when someone looks you in the eyes and just tells you, you know, it's just so powerful. Um, Sean, I won't embarrass them, but someone said while you were talking last night, they said that they thought you were, this is the phrase I will quote directly, you were staring down their throat. Um, And that was their way of saying that you were, like, really speaking to them. It was a pretty descriptive term, uh, but, uh, but that, like, like that encouragement that comes when, when we hear someone speak the gospel, like we need that. And a lot of us are just people who do that for other people now, you know? And so you got to still fight for people around you to do it to you. Just a few more, stay flexible. You know, um, the leading through COVID Forced us to be innovative, forced us to try new things, forced us to like think, well, if that's that, then what about that and all that? And I think that was a good thing. I think that'll help us. That, that sort of like willingness to try anything, willingness to do anything, willingness to change roles and flex and all that. I mean, we, we went to our staff. We're like, man, we're going to try to keep you on. We didn't know if everybody was going to leave. We didn't know what was going to happen. We had no idea. And, but we said, look, your jobs are clearly not what they used to be. We, can't have, we don't have kids ministry. So you, if you want to have a job, you got to figure out something else to do. And so that, but that like sort of innovation, I think, I hope we carry that forward, that flexibility, that willingness to do whatever it takes. Um, I think making it, uh, not growing weary, I think one of the just things I, I hope we don't lose is this um, consistently reproducing more leaders and more leaders and more leaders. We are tired in the room. I hope we've been refreshed and restored and rejuvenated and all that. But man, we are tired and, and man, we need to keep bringing through fresh legs. We need to keep bringing through new, and, and and one, that's one of the things I think could fall to the back burner, you know, as we sort of set our sights on, I want to do this year and this plane, and we didn't do that last year, let's do it this year, and let's pile it all, make it busy. We can get to the end of the year, in the next year, and we haven't brought anybody else through, and I think that's going to be to our detriment. Um, stay dependent on the Spirit, pray lots. Something I've been trying to do is just this little rhythm in the mornings, I just kind of just, just have to actually have to, and I, I know like I'm charismatic and all that, but like I actually have to ask Holy Spirit, help me today. Freshly empower me today. Use me, lead me. Just help me not do things in my strength. Help, help keep me from saying this. And just, just really, man, I think to make it to the end, we need to be as reliant on the Spirit as we can be. And, and the last thing, if we're going to really make it um, the best way to, to not grow weary is to just keep your eyes on Jesus. In tough seasons, it's good to ask, what is it that compels us? What is it that drives us? What is it that motivates us? I mean, if it was how many people come on Sunday mornings, well, that got tested, you know? But maybe it wasn't something like that. Maybe, um, maybe it's like the bigness of the mission. I love that kind of stuff. I love talking about that kind of stuff, how big the mission is and all the rest. But, you know, 
I, I think that, you know, if we look at like what's, like what's the gasoline in the tank, like what's motivating, like what's driving us forward, I think two things that are really important, the bigness of the mission and the goodness of God. Both of these things are important, but I really think the order is, is, is important too. I think one of those things should be driving the other. Um, Paul, extremely aware of the scope of the mission, said this in 2 Corinthians 5, 14. He said, for the love of Christ controls or compels us. Not the, the scope of the mission, not the fact that all these people don't know Jesus yet. Oh, that's true. But he said, it's the love of Christ. Because we have concluded this. Not that the statistics are really bad and lots of people don't know Jesus. That's all true. But like, what's really driving us is that one has died for all. He died for all that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. Back to the beginning of this, um, Jesus tells a parable. He says, um, a nobleman went on, a, on a, a long journey to receive for himself a country and then to return. We don't just have a, a master who went on a journey. We have a master whose journey included the cross. And guys, when we lose sight of the love of Jesus, I don't know that anything else compares. Like nothing else is going to work. It's probably why that book, Gentle and Lowly, has been so captivating. I mean, we're quoting it like it's part of the New Testament, you know, like. But I, I do think it's speaking to something, like it's getting at something. It's, it's, it's dragging us down deep into like into the love of God in, in a way that maybe we have never known or, or have forgotten. And I think it's, it, man, I think it's just... There are so many things competing for being the, like, the rationale, the gasoline in the tank. And I just want to appeal to us to fight that the love of Jesus is what's compelling us. I'll read you this little quote out of Ortland's book. You've heard it quoted so much you don't even need to buy it. Like, it's, it's pretty much like you've read it this week. You can... But um, Ortland says this. He says, it's the son of Christ's heart, not the clouds of my sins that now define me. We who are in Christ no longer look to the future for judgment to the past. That is such a profound statement. At the cross, we, we, see punishment, we see our punishment happening, all our sins being punished in Jesus. God's love, he continues, as Jonathan Edwards puts it, is an ocean without shores or bottom. He concludes this is the greatest news in the history of the world. I mean, I love talking about the mission of Jesus, and if you know me, you've probably heard me, like I'm obsessed with that. But man, it's the goodness of Jesus, not the bigness of the mission, that really is what keeps us moving forward. It's the goodness of Jesus. As we um, look to close our time, I, I want to read the, the starting of this, this journey. I just think it's, it's worth us now really considering Jesus together. Um, that, that parables, you know, Luke 18, Luke 19, really all this started back in Luke 9. 51, it says, um, it says, when the days drew near for him to be taken up, he, Jesus, he, he set his face, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. So now we see really 10 chapters of Jesus' face set towards Jerusalem. This, knowing everything that was going to happen, I mean, our journey's been tough this last little bit, may get tough again, but it won't compare to this. This is what Jesus was willing to do for us. And he calls us to remember him. You guys can come on up, Ryan, Sam. He calls us to remember him, and we're going to do that in just a moment by taking communion. 
And I've, I've been struck afresh by how he calls us to remember him. He, he did a lot of really cool things, you know, um, a lot of really amazing miracles, a lot of just profound stuff Jesus did. And, you know, Jesus could have said, hey, when you, when you like need to remember me, I want you to take um, a really nice glass of wine. And remember that time Jesus made all that wine at that wedding? Jesus is the best. Yeah, cheers, Jesus. Like that could have been a thing. Or he could have said, hey, I want you to get some really good water. I want you to like toast, you know, toast me. Remember that time Jesus walked on water? Yeah, Jesus is the best. Like all those things were really good, really amazing. But that's not how Jesus told us to remember him. He told us to remember him by taking bread and wine and remembering that he died for us. It's because we didn't just need a Jesus to walk on water for us. That's not how, that's, our problem wasn't just that kind of problem. We needed a Jesus who would be willing to walk to a cross for us, to suffer and die for us, to die in our place and to rise again, to receive for himself a kingdom and then to return. That gets at another thing that I think really helps us is that our king is going to return. That means that as hard as this is, this is not just a treadmill that we're on or a Peloton for you hip new people who need a more expensive thing that you'll eventually just hang clothes on. This is actually going somewhere. Jesus is actually going to return. I love that. Man, I feel like the treadmill, if this is a treadmill, was like, is like set on the high, like you're just like hanging on, like feet dragging behind you this last season. But man, thank God this is not that. Our Jesus is going to return. Friends, it will not always be this hard. It may get better this year. I hope it will. It seems like it could. But even then, it's still going to be hard. It's still going to be moments where it's hard. I hope we've learned some stuff through this last season. Even when it's hard, Jesus is worth it. But man, it will not always be like this. One day. One day he will say enough. One day he will wipe every tear. He will stop every pain. One day he will make all things new. One day he will. And until then, he told his disciples, I've entrusted you with these things. I'm gonna go receive a kingdom. I'll return. And what did he say? Engage in business until I come. My friends, let's keep engaging in business until he returns. Keep planting, keep strengthening, keep making disciples, keep leveraging our gifts, keep making the most of every opportunity. I don't know what's gonna happen between now and the next time we see each other. I wouldn't have guessed this last one, I'll tell you that, but I know that Jesus will be faithful. I know he wants us to engage in business until he returns. Love for you to There'll be a table here and there's four across the back. We're doing intention. It's not a theological position we have. That is a practical position we're in. So that's what we've got. Um, I'd love for you to, to go here in just a moment and, and gather together. And I think we've done a lot of like, let's focus on us and let's pray for us. And let's all the, that's, that's been really good. I think the, the right way to leave now before these guys lead us in a last song is to get together and just ascribe to Jesus his goodness. Just thank him. Just ascribe his goodness to him, his worth to him, his beauty, 
the privilege of following him in any and every season. Just focus on him, honor him. Take some time to do that now.